You are listening to the Become a Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 152 with my guest today, Bill Steer from the band Carcass. So in this podcast, we talk all about the new album coming out on September 17th called Torn Arteries. So the opening track you are hearing is from the new album, and the song is called Kelly's Meat Emporium. And again, thank you to my sponsors, Musician, Custom Guitar Picks, and Arnold Krakola. Now let's go over to the interview now with Bill Steer. Hello. Hello, Bill. Hiya. Hey, it's Adam Roach here. How are you doing? Good, yourself? Yeah, doing well, thank you. That's good. All right, so where are you about? Are you in the UK at the moment? Yeah, I'm in my little flat in East London. Yep. Um, you know, business as usual. Where are you? Uh, in Melbourne, Australia. Oh, lovely. Uh, I miss Melbourne. Yeah, is that where you were when you came here? It, well, initially, that, that was my first sort of stay, but the longest stay I had in Australia was, was over in the Sydney, uh, Sydney in the, the Bondi area. Oh, know? okay. Yep. Ah, that's like, like most Brits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But uh, oh, I'd like to say congratulations with the, the new album. I had a good listen to it today. Cheers, thanks. So, torn, torn Arteries, so due out September mm-hmm. September 17th. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys must be um, looking forward to the release. Yeah, it's just going to be a tremendous relief relief for all of us because, um, yeah, I guess we've been sitting on this thing for however long. I think by the time it's released, it will be two years since it was finished. And oh, really? Probably three since it was started, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that long. Well, yeah, I'm sure we're, we're, we're by no means the only the only group or, or artist in this position. Um, you know, the label just immediately scratched the, the release date we had planned. Yeah. They, they were of the opinion that we can't release this record until we're able to tour. Okay. But uh, ironically, we're still not in a position to tour. <laughs> but it's yeah. too late. They've committed to this date. <laughs> so it's going to go ahead. So is it what, pretty much nearly uh, released? Just before the pandemic? I'm trying to think. We wrapped it up in, uh, yeah, some, I guess, the awesome of whatever year the hell that was, 2019. Mm. And then, um, yeah, there was a, there was an original release date floated for the spring. Okay. And then they didn't think that was enough time, and they pushed it back to early summer, I think. Yep. And then, yeah, you know, March came around, and, you know, global panic, and they, they immediately withdrew that. So... Yeah. We had to sort of bow to their, you know, their wisdom. Um, that's that's their job. You know, to put records out and promote them. I noticed you. Um, you said you were going back and forth from England to Sweden with the the tapes and the recording and everything. Yeah, it's really the first time we've done that in this way. In the past, it would be wrapped up in maybe two or three sessions at most. You know, lengthy sessions spanning weeks. But we just couldn't get the studio time. So, yeah, we fly over there, do a week or two, come back, you know, maybe do a few festivals around Europe, and then yeah. whenever they were free again, we'd go over. Mm. It was it was an interesting way of doing this. And uh, there were benefits, for sure, yeah. because your ears got a proper rest from the stuff, you know. Because sometimes after, like, three weeks in the studio, you're so deep into it, you you know, your judgment's a bit off. Yeah, I think actually benefited the end result. So do you find when you write your songs, do you go more around the drum beats? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I think I probably qualify as a frustrated drummer. That's the first thing I get off listening to a record, particularly anything in, in rock. How does it feel? You know, I've always felt like a strong drummer makes everybody sound better. Mm. You can get away with a multitude of sins. You can have a, a relatively weak vocal, a feeble guitar, but if the drummer's killer, he just lifts everybody up. So a lot of the material on this record is, is built on that premise, you know, the kind of start with a feel. I was looking for things that I hadn't heard on previous Carcass records. You know, there had to be something fresh coming in. Yeah. Otherwise, we couldn't possibly justify making a new album. The sound of the, the drums are awesome on this album, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it's a step in the right direction because uh, we were happy with Surgical Steel, sure. But uh, it was, you know, it definitely had at least one foot in the, that camp of, like, processed modern metal production. Yeah. and. This this has a slightly warmer, more organic feel, which was w what we've always been after. Yeah, it does. Yeah, like you said, just it feels like you're in, in the studio with him. You know, <laughs> just the, the sound of it's it's really cool. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole album is just fantastic. You know, the, the quality of the songs, and I mean, your riffs, all the riffs are really cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a long time coming. This album, you know, we did so much touring off the back of Surgical. Suddenly, half a decade had gone by. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, we, we already had a lot of material in storage. Dan, our drummer, and myself had worked up a bunch of tunes. But uh, at that stage, Jeff hadn't become involved. So it was never going to become a reality until he was ready. Yep. So, um, you know, here we are eight, eight years later. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in the, on the positive side, it's great because the stuff has matured. There's no way that the album would be of this quality if we'd, if we'd done it three, four years earlier. Yeah. Uh, Kelly's Meat Emporium. Yeah, and I, actually, I saw the uh, Dan's the drum playthrough on it as well, which is really good. His video on that one. Yeah, yeah, he's a monster because, you know, he has all the technique in the world, but uh, he's fundamentally a musician. He doesn't overplay unless you ask him to, you know? Yeah. Um, everything he does supports and enhances the music that's been brought in. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before, but he's also a monster guitar player. You know, oh, is it really? Uh, yeah, I've never seen anybody play rhythm quite the way he does. It's, he's just—he's just a machine. Oh wow! Gee, that's that's really good to have that in the band as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a jack of all trades. Yeah. Now, I'd say probably one of my favourite songs off the album was um, "The Devil Rides Out." That was a really cool song. I just like your—is it the slide intro? I'm guessing that's yourself doing that one. Yeah. 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 It was just something I wanted to do because you know, I guess. Slide is traditionally associated with blues, which is which is killer. Yeah. Um, I listen to a lot of that music, but sometimes I want to hear a different style played on, on Slide. And when you get into that kind of that Eastern mode, it seems to work for me because, you know, Slide has a vocal quality. Yeah. So so playing those kind of notes, those intervals, it, it I don't know, it made a lot of sense to me. And luckily the guys were, were okay with it. And I just like the idea of playing Slide on a death metal album. I mean, I guess it's not an everyday thing. Yeah, but it's actually exactly what you just said I wrote down here. Because um, like you're saying, blues, yeah, you hear a lot of Slide. But the way you, you used it in this song, yeah, very different type of notes. And the way you don't really hear the Slide played like that. So, yeah, exactly right. Cool. And even like yeah, going into your harmony riffs and um, in the bridge, the, the panning of the, the different riffs. 
in the left and right speakers. Mm. <laughs> that was really cool too. Yeah, again, I mean, I'd say David Castillo, who recorded the bulk of this album and mixed it, he's just uh, got great instincts with things like that. It's the kind of thing you rarely need to make a suggestion because he's already he's already on it. You know, he, he's just a, a naturally musical person. He supports what you do. He kind of brings out the best in you just by being relaxed around you and letting nature take its course. That's great. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm really grateful to, to him for, for what he did for this record. Yeah, I did a fantastic job. Then you got your acoustic intro to the flesh-ripping Sonic Torment Limited song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that song in particular, it's got like a lot of different parts and great riffs as well. Um, and again, yeah, showing you a, a different type of acoustic side into it. Yeah, yeah. that song just grew and grew. We always knew it would be a, a lengthier track because the original chunk of music I brought into the rehearsal room intentionally um, had a lot of parts that went by without any repetition. You know, you're, you're waiting, yep. Lord knows how long it is, a minute or a couple of minutes <laughs> before the first repetition happens. And that was the idea. It was, a, it's a different, it was built on a different scale with a different structure. But even so... Over a period of time, it just kind of mutated, and before we knew it, it passed the nine-minute mark. Oh well! But it was a fun thing to do at this stage. You know, we wanted we wanted a fresh challenge, and uh, yeah, it was it was just a really good laugh putting the whole thing together. And that acoustic intro alone, I mean, that was weird because I'd never played a baritone acoustic before. Oh, that's and, what it was. Uh, I realised. Yeah, well, that's the chords underneath. And then on top of that, I'm playing um, sort of a, a Washburn replica parlor guitar, okay. kind of turn of the century kind of thing. Yep. So it's like two extremes put together, really. Yeah. But uh, I just thought anybody who plays these these baritone acoustics regularly must have very strong hands. Yeah. I was struggling. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. Sounds really good. Cool. Just, just, yeah, it just suits the song. And like I said, just takes you to another place. Um, and then the other one I just made note of here was um, yeah, Wake Up and Smell the Carcass, which, again, another awesome riff. Again, takes mm. you to a no, totally different place in the halfway during the song. It's like two different songs, really. Yeah, yeah. Some of these tracks came together quite rapidly, and then there are other ones where we kind of, you'd hit a wall, and then you'd, you know, you'd come back to it later with fresh ears and yeah. start again. And I think that was one of those. It, it's almost like a couple of different tracks that sort of eventually morphed together yeah i mean as i said earlier some years ago we wouldn't we wouldn't have been able to to make this music mm. in quite this way yep. so um you know half of me is frustrated because it's taken so long to do this record and get it out there but then the philosophical side of me says all right could have been no other way don't need a drummer to make an amazing metal song. All you need is access to tracks produced in a great studio by a great engineer. My full-length drum tracks are crafted using the best sounding samples I've been developing for over a decade and have been used by thousands of professional musicians worldwide up to the highest level in the industry, including John 5 and Gus G. 
Stop wasting hours of your time trying to program drums and stop wasting tons of money to have your drummer recording a studio for mediocre results. With my drum tracks, you don't need to worry about any of that. Just drag and drop your tracks, press record, and you're done. All of that with a killer, authentic sound. So go to my website, arnokrakowka.com, to start rocking. And also, it's just it's fascinating talking to people from so many different countries, you know, because, because all of us have been so isolated and very few of us have traveled in yep. recent times. So it, it's quite a buzz, actually, to, to speak to somebody in a different part of the world. It's great. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, so I've just got a couple of last questions to finish up. That's all right. Sure. So I always like to put a post on my Facebook to say who I'm interviewing and anyone's got any questions, which I got a few questions for you from some fans. So mm, okay. um, a guy called Sid Delahaye said, what made you turn to Les Paul Juniors, especially during your Firebird and Gentleman's Pistols period? Mm. I think the sheer simplicity of that guitar was what drew me in. It's just a slab of wood with a pickup. So I think, you know, when, when the original incarnation of Carcass disintegrated and I stepped away and, and started trying to learn new things and do new things, Les Paul Jr. made a lot of sense to me at that time. Um, they're, they're really resonant guitars. You know, you play one acoustically and it sounds good. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of, that's a nice start. But with, with Carcass, obviously I'm using the even more budget <laughs> Gibson, yeah. which is the Melody Maker, but it's it's more or less the same principle. I mean, the I had these, you know, slightly modified, so they've got humbuckers in instead of the, the lipstick pickups. Okay. But, yeah. um, Again, that's a guitar that really sings when you play it acoustically. It's very loud. And it feels it just feels good. I mean, I, I felt like when I gave up playing the customs and switched to Melody Makers and Carcass, I felt like my playing improved. It's yeah. probably not in any obvious way that m many people would notice, but it just felt better. Yeah. Now, you also said, also what made you decide to move into a 70s direction musically after coming from such a hardcore background? Well... Anybody of my age group would have grown up with some of that music. Yeah. You know, th there was no there was no death metal. There was no thrash, you know, when I started buying albums. So, you know, I kind of cut my teeth on that stuff, you know, Purple and Zeppelin, Sabbath. So there was that element to it. But at that particular point in my life, I think I just needed to strip down my music. I was very conscious of the fact that I couldn't really play without distortion. And once you've, once you've absorbed that fact, it's kind of like a, it's a test and, you know, you just want to, take this challenge head on so i think that that was part of what was driving it and just the, the desire to to learn a few new things and and broaden the scope of what i could do you know yeah. it's like yeah music is just it's it, it's never ending You're, you'll never know everything yeah even, that's right even the, the most schooled musician is, can cannot claim to have mastered every single avenue yeah and that was just after your time in australia wasn't it you, you did the firebird is that right yeah not long after that really mm. yeah that was a really great experience to have. It was it was very frustrating at times. I mean, the number of hiccups and obstacles. Oh, you know, yeah. there were times when you just you felt like uh, nature was trying to tell you something because things wouldn't be that hard. You know, yeah. they were never that hard when we do carcass. Uh, but you know, for a, I guess I got a few records out there and you know, kind of rode the waves of all these different lineup changes and you know, problems with labels and stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of those records to me are just glorified demos, you know, because yeah. I didn't really have time to craft the songs. 
So I feel like they're patchy. But if I did a, another one now, I guess I would have the, the, the luxury of a bit more time to get things right. Yep. So, yep. yeah, that's one for the future, maybe. Yeah, that's it. And my last question from actually a good friend of mine, Mark Nolasco, says, is it true that they you got the lyrics from medical journals for Carcass? It's partially true. Yep. <laughs> um, some of that stuff crept in there. Really, early Carcass, the first two records, you're hearing lyrics or reading lyrics that are written by all three of us. So okay. Ken Owen, Jeff Walker, and myself. And then by the time you get to album number three, which is a little bit further d- deeper into the whole medical journal thing, that's pretty much Jeff's domain from then onwards. So, yeah, you know, he sort of, you know, guided that ship yep. all the way up until the present day. Yeah, well, they're pretty much all the questions I had. But again, thank you for your time. And the, and the album's just fantastic. It's a really good album. Uh, everyone's gonna, thank you. Like I said, everyone's going to really enjoy this one, I'd say. Cheers, Adam. Thank you. Fabulous. No worries. All, right. all right. Thanks, Bill. I'll let you right. get to the next one. <laughs> right, give my regards to Oz. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> all right. Cheers. All right. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.